Hi there, my name's Jane Anderson and this is the Jane Anderson Brand You Show. It's the podcast for experts who want to have greater impact, influence and income for their businesses and careers. As experts, we know that people buy from people and work with people who they know, who they like and who they trust. So I'm so glad you're here because it's that time again now to really amplify how you show up in the world. Hi there and welcome to the Jane Anderson Show. I am thrilled that you are here and that you're able to be part of the podcast today. I have a very special guest coming on shortly, but before I talk to her and you get to hear from her, I wanted to share with you a little bit about what I do. So I'm the creator and founder of the Women with Influence community and we work with women who have consulting practices and who are selling to large and sometimes medium and small organizations, but particularly in the B2B space. Most of the women who are listening to the podcast are often in our community and they are typically selling and building a practice that is generally up to a million dollars plus. So they have speaking, training, coaching, consulting, and they might be experts in areas such as leadership development, resilience, mindset, well-being, high performance, all those things, communications, personal branding, all those things and all the things that I spent many years doing. I've been on the side of selling to large organizations, so clients like Telstra, Rio Tinto, Ikea, Lego, and then also I've been employed in those organizations. I've been employed as a training and development manager and learning and development manager and head of capability for a large retailer and in government. So I've been on the other side and I've been also the person deciding on bringing those people into our organization. So we focus on helping people and particularly women to do the great work that they do and to work with the type of clients they really want to work with and to live that life of fulfillment, to have a bit of fun along the way and ultimately to really have freedom freedom to work with who you want to work with, where you want to work, and to live the lifestyle that you really want to live. So our very special guest today is a woman called Ronnie Benbow. So Ronnie is the founder of the Carers Foundation. She's the founder and CEO. And Ronnie and I met because we were in the program that we were selected by the Queensland State Premier at the time back in 2018, I think it was, or 2019. And we were part of a fempreneur type community but it was a bunch of women there were 19 of us that were selected and identified by the premier to who were creating positive change in the community and Ronnie and I go along very well and Ronnie has joined our community and I've known Ronnie ever since then we've done some I had a lot of fun together but Ronnie is an extraordinary human being when I think about Ronnie she is just the epitome of love. <laughs> She's come from a nursing background and so really came from that health and well-being and care space. But she realised over time and while she had the support of her husband when he was caring for her and she's gotten to know a lot of carers is that she realized that there was this really big gap in the support for carers so that caring for the carers if you like and so as a result she has created the carers foundation her vision has been to be able to help people and particularly families and young children in particular who are as young as eight often caring for family members they're under extreme pressure struggling with kids with school and being able to get things done 
parents who are unwell and needing carers. And so Ronnie has created an incredible program where these carers get to come and get away, have a break, and at all at no cost. So she's an incredible fundraiser. She knows how to build community. She knows how to create influence. She knows how to create fundraising efforts to create incredible experiences for these poor people that really deserve it. And so I had to get Ronnie on the show because she has done an incredible job in building up the platform and the profile of the Carers Foundation and achieving some incredible fundraising targets that she set to be able to go and help more people who are suffering in this space. So I hope that you enjoy the interview with Ronnie today. Keep an eye out for the future episodes and I look forward to hearing from you. If you want to follow me on LinkedIn, you can follow, you can jump on the website. We've got some great tools that you can download, which are things like how to with the top 10 things clients are looking for you if you're working with corporate. Uh, so there's a bunch of tools and resources there and I'd love to hear from you if there's somebody that you think that you'd love to hear from. So enjoy the show. All right. Hi, Ronnie. So Hi, glad Jane. you could join us today. Thank you so much. You are one very busy lady. So it's a thrill to have you on the podcast today. Thanks, Jane. It's my honour to be here, to be honest. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Ronnie, you are just one of the most extraordinary people and exceptional people that I have had the pleasure of knowing. Ronnie, you are the founder and you run the Carers Foundation, which we'll talk a little bit about in a minute. But for those who are listening, are you happy to share a little bit about your background and how you've got to this point and what sort of led you to setting up the Carers Foundation? Of course, of course, it's my passion. (laughs) I'm more than happy to share it. So it started a long time ago. I'm a registered nurse and I was, it was during my early days when I was training as a trainee nurse. So we used to work in the community and we would go and visit the clients, which would be the person with the disability or or the illness. But I would notice back then, and I was only 17, that the carers were the ones that were actually falling apart and they were the ones that had a worse health condition than the person they were caring for. And I just used to think back, way back then, you know, like who cares for the carers? And it turned out nobody did and nothing much has changed over the last 45 years. But Mm. what really impacted me the most is I went to, uh, we were caring for this young man. He was only 15. His name was Tom and he was caring for his mother who had had a massive stroke and he had to do all her personal care. He had to do everything for her. She couldn't walk, talk, eat do anything so he had to give up school he had to give up all his hobbies he had no friends and every time we went around wow we could see him deteriorating and we could see him falling into a deep depression we could see how angry and resentful he was even though he loved his mum but he had to give up school he had no time for anything for himself and I was actually more worried about him than than his mother obviously because she was getting all the care she needed And as being a nurse, you move on to a different area. And then I discovered, and Tom was only a couple of years younger than me, but I discovered when I was 19 that Tom had actually taken his own life. And I guess I still get emotional about it because it's like, no, and I've always been, but I vowed then and there, and if he only knew that like my whole lifetime's dedication work has been devoted because of Tom, I just decided then that no carer should be alone or unsupported. And I wow. wanted to make, I've had this lifelong dream and vision of having a wellbeing centre specifically for unpaid family carers. So they don't be alone or they're not unsupported and they can come to any time they need to. So that's where it all started. And it, I guess it's taken a lifetime to get here because then I moved on. I actually finished my career. I did two or three other degrees and then I got married I had four beautiful boys and then continued with my career but then ironically I became the carer 
when my husband had a near fatal accident. So he was paralyzed from the neck down. So I had to care for him. I had to give up my nursing career. I had to run his businesses and then have three small children and four small children, actually, because there was one that came along way. (laughs) So, and then one of our four beautiful boys, after he recovered well, we moved down to Brisbane and we decided to start the the Care and Wellbeing Centre, but it was really difficult, not much around. And then one of our four boys had a serious medical condition. So that took seven years. That was a seven-year cycle. Wow. In the background, we were working with organisations like Carers Queensland or Some Care or other care organisations to do wellbeing programs for carers. And I could see that what I wanted to do, it was there. I could see the significant difference it made in three days. And Mm -hmm. I said to my husband, this is what we have to do. We have to do this. But then I was also caring for my elderly parents in the background. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) So for 15 years, we privately funded wellbeing programs and saw the significant difference that made, but it wasn't the right time to do it full time. So it was only when my father passed away, he had a massive stroke and my beloved father passed. And I vowed in there that I was my rest of my life to caring for carers, which is what I've done really. So that's how it all started. (laughs) Just incredible, Ronnie. Not only you've seen all the facets of care, Mm -hmm not only the person needing the care in the first place but then mm. the carer yes, and then yes. the experiences you've had in your own life in terms of your husband and your children and yep. just incredible so uh, there's one condition that we have with the one that I won't neg- negotiate and that every single person involved with the foundation has to have lived caring experience because oh, right. you just okay. don't understand unless don't you've understand. been there so we've all been there we've all been down that dark hole where you don't know how you're going to cope from day to day or minute to minute or yeah. hour to hour so we all know what it's like so when people come to our programs they know that like they they yes. feel that we've got the compassion we've got the empathy we really get it and they yes. feel that when they come so I think that's what our point of difference is that we have really deep compassion and understand and really resonate with all the all the carers that we do care for. And Ronnie the work mm. you have done in this space you have won you are an Order of Australia medal holder. Ronnie mm-hmm. and I met we were in the Queensland Voices Women's Voices back in 2019 which was where you and I met for advancing women. Thankfully, you have been acknowledged a lot for your work, but awards don't always necessarily easily translate into funds. You have to actually do some work. You have worked your butt off to make this happen. (laughs) For those who are listening, Ronnie, I think it's quite fascinating of what you've done is and that you're continuing to do is because there's these elements of yes applying for funding and things like that and that's quite limited in what you can get there in terms of keeping the foundation going but what I think you've done really uniquely is you have really tapped into the business market and tapping into relationships with business owners and the business community to really create this other side of the branding the positioning but leveraging yourself and the face of the Carers Foundation to really help grow that funding and drive that funding over to the Carers Foundation. Watching you do these incredible events and things and you really get that people congregate, people get together and their opportunities to be able to drive this growth for the foundation. Are you happy to share a little bit about that? Because it's really Mm. fascinating to watch and I think you really have tapped into exactly what needs to happen to drive that growth. Are you happy to share your thinking behind that and how that all works? 
of course, it was a real challenge to do because, I mean, we've had limited funding to do anything like that. So, I mean, we've had to do it all ourselves. So we have to be really imaginative and come up with different ideas all the time to because right. the, the, the charity market, it's so competitive. Like there's so right. many different charities now and they're yeah. all competing for the same dollar. Yes. And it's really hard to try and break in. And if you don't get that government funding, which we don't any longer, you have to come up with really different, unique ways to try and get people to support you. So I'm a great believer in marketing and meeting with other people in networking and resonating with the right people because everybody understands what it's like to know a carer. Like somebody knows somebody that, you know, like has a cared, cared for somebody, their mother's cared for somebody, there's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And my yes. passion is actually the teenage carers that people don't know anything about. So I right. guess when you share those stories, like I did with Tom, people like they're, they're quite shocked and overwhelmed. They're like, really? There's kids out there caring for their parents? And I say, yes, and nobody, they're not identified. They don't talk about it. But, I mean, really, when you get out there and share that story and get people to sort of hear what they don't know, I think it shocks yes. a lot of people and they want to know more. So I guess right. they're happy to support you because... It makes a big difference when you do get that big network of support. And the people that have approached me have had lived caring experience, like, for example, Sonia Stradiotto, who's a big supporter of ours, and she she cared for her mum and she's had other caring experiences within the family. But Sonia really resonated with the whole caring issue and she realised that she was lucky enough to have support, but majority of carers don't. And majority right. of the carers are single women because most of the partners can't cope with it and they do leave them. So they're single mums yeah. trying to cope with children with disabilities or caring with ageing parents or partners with cancer or motor neurone disease. So to do that on your own, you have to give up your career. And I guess they can resonate with that because they don't want to be in that position. They don't want to think, oh, my gosh, I hope that doesn't happen to me, but it potentially could happen to them. Yes. So, yeah, I just, those events it attracts a lot of women in a different way. Like they want to come and see a big fashion event, but yeah. then they get there and hear about the cause so they can actually share and then realise that they do need to support this sort of thing because it could happen to them one day. You just yes. don't know when it could happen yes. or their, their sister or their brother, the people that are the big supporters are the ones that do know what it's like. They have had a lived experience. So yes, I guess you're right, getting out there and meeting, the more you can network, the more you get the word out there, you know, the better it is obviously for just the community and raising that awareness for the foundation, for the carers. But it's difficult. It's so time consuming. <laughs> it's yeah, like a whole full-time job. So just doing that. And there's a full-time job doing events and there's another full-time job doing the foundation. So of you're course. right, it's hard. You do work really hard if you haven't got the funding to pay people to do that. But hopefully you eventually will be able to build up enough that we'll be able to sort of increase those income streams and yes. you know have you know regular occurring you know, recurrent funding. Yes. Because the funding that you generate is you have a retreat centre because it's a space that the carers can come away and have some space for themselves to actually get some nurturing mm. for them. And you run retreats in southeast Queensland as well as other places in the state you're on the go all the time what are some of the things that the Carers Foundation does to be able to help carers we focus on their well-being that's really important because by the time the carers arrive with us at the end of their tether they can't cope anymore and this is what I'm trying to break because really the only time they get support is when they're ready to go to hospital when they're at breaking point and I believe that realistically if we could support carers and offer them two wellbeing programs a year they know they can come and that will keep them give them hope to know they can come back whereas at the moment people are arriving they haven't had a day off in seven years or 13 years or 20 years and they're just beyond exhausted they can't think 
they're actually suicidal by the time to come, they come to us. Wow. They can't cope anymore. In fact, the last group we had, I had one lady arrive and she, she rang on Sunday and said she couldn't come. And I said, no, no, you really need to do this for yourself. Please come. This is not, you don't need to feel guilty. It's not time away. You need to do this for you to be better for you and mm. improve your well-being because I, I know you're not coping at the moment. So she actually came and then she was really at the end of the tether. She was so broken by the time she was exhausted beyond, you know, you get so beyond despair when you can't touch anybody. You're so exhausted. So within three days, our our programs are really quite comprehensive. So we do a lot of wellbeing strategies. We do a lot of mental health resilience. We do full body massages to restore their, not only their body, but their mind and emotionally they connect with others. So it's quite powerful because they come alone and disconnected and they, meet others so they're really quite connected and I remember on that third day that she came up to me that same woman she kept hugging us so tight and she said thank you thank you thank you I said no no you don't need to thank us you know this is what we love to do we love supporting women like yourself she says no 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 I really need to thank you because when I rang on that Sunday I was actually I had prepared to kill myself she actually was ready to commit suicide but you something that you said to me made me come and I knew I had to come and ever since, we've been in touch ever since, and she's just been forever grateful because that's how low they get. And that, that shouldn't, it's just not right. And the government, you know, they don't support the carers. In replacement healthcare costs are saving the government over $86 billion annually, yeah, which is wow. over $1.4 a week. If everybody stopped caring, which they government know they won't, and walked off, they won't walk off the job because they won't leave their loved ones, and they take advantage of that, which is really quite a shame. And there's only like nearly three million carers in Australia, so it's probably one in nine people at the moment, and oh a lot of those are teenagers. One uh, in nine. That, yeah, yeah, one in nine oh. people are caring for somebody, and as I said, you know, some of these are twelve years old, eight years old. And there's just acknowledgement or awareness for them. So we're still battling oh. and fighting to to raise that doing what we can, but we do get tied up with our doing our programs because we're so passionate about supporting yes. carers. And as you say, we are all over Queensland at the moment, but, you know, their long-term goal is to get a new centre specifically for carers, which they can come to any time before they reach that, you know, breaking point. Right. So that's the ultimate goal. Incredible. And if you look at, <clears> you know, for those who are listening to this, uh, most of the women are in the B2B space. If we think about in, <clears throat> in for organisations, the research tells us that organisations, it's the first time we've had five generations in a workplace at one time. And if we look at EAP providers within organisations where people would seek perhaps some support or for some mental health support if they were struggling <clears throat> at work, we know that Gen X, typically those who are in leadership roles, but they are the sandwich people because they've kind of got children, but they're caring for children, but they're caring for perhaps elderly parents as well. Yes. They're often yes. under a lot of pressure in their jobs and at work. Mm-hmm. So you've got this whole generation sitting within the workplace. And if you look at that whole generation, if you say, well, about one in 10, we're not even counting teenagers just yet that's Mm. just phenomenal teenagers and children looking for parents Mm. then you've got this whole challenge for organizations to be able to support retain attract good leaders and we've got a whole bunch of them who have caring duties that are going on outside of work just to try and keep their job so that they can keep everything going they're under incredible pressure Um, aren't they they are and a lot of my carers that do like work they don't yes. tell their employees that no. they are carers because they're too yes. afraid that they'll lose their job, which is outrageous yes. because they should be supported more. And, and I think these organisations need to look at who is in their workforce and who can they support with the caring yes. role. Yes, 
it's such valuable work, Ronnie, that you're doing. And I think in part of your brand, what you've been able to do is not only do you speak at these events, but you have built your brand to an extent to help create that accessibility so that people go, there's a face and there's a name that comes with the Carers Foundation. And people really, do you find people really connect they do. It's interesting, isn't it? Because as part of that, you know, me, I'm not a, speaking is not my most favourite thing, but I, no. I do it. But yes. it's amazing how many people will come up to you and, and like they'll know you. So oh, I know you. I've met you before, and I go, and I've seen you, and I saw you speak, and I go, oh, okay, right. <laughs> you're amazing. Yeah. And I think, oh, I, you know, I'm very humble. I don't enjoy that side you of it are. at all um, yes. because my passion is just you know like raising yes, the awareness so, so and getting much more service. support. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's quite interesting. I mean, I that's one area that I do have to look at and yes. um, expand yeah. because I do need to speak more. Because every time I do, it's amazing how many people come up to me and say or they'll will get donations afterwards because they were affected by it. And they'll say, yes, you yes, know, yes. I resonated so much because, you know, I cared for blah, 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 and it just goes right. on, actually hits the spot. That they don't, and some people, and it's very true for most carers, that you don't consider yourself a carer. You're just your wife right? caring for your husband or you're a parent caring for your children, as I did when I was. But right. still, you know, that need to get that support because there's just not enough support out there. And as right. I said, no carer should be alone or unsupported. Yes. You know, in, in this economy, especially when they're, and they're doing it really tough at the moment, like a lot of our carers just don't have money for food and basic essentials, and they're not being cared for by the people that should be. And I've got yes. carers that actually struggle for basic human rights and basic essentials, such as oxygen and adult nappies for their adult children. And, you know, it's just not right that they have to go yes. in every day. It's like a battle every day for them to get things that they need. And it um, breaks your heart when you hear all the stories. Like we cannot believe the stories that we hear in Australia. We think this really? is not a third world country. We're hearing these stories that are just dire and it shouldn't be. So no. that's why we just need to keep making more noise and getting more awareness and getting more support yeah. for them. And something that you did particularly during COVID that was really interesting mm. was you created this campaign, which was the Who Cares campaign. Yes. Are you happy to share a bit about Yes. About well, that? it was interesting because we'd actually sat down earlier in January and had our whole fundraising strategy for the year and the business strategy and how we're going to do all these events because prior to that we had been getting government funding, but that had all changed. And so we right. transitioned out. So we were doing all these huge big plans. And of course, then there were all the bushfires and everybody got the bushfires, the charity fatigue from donating so much. And then of course COVID mm. hit. So you couldn't plan anything. It was like all our Probably our whole plans was down the drain. Yeah. We couldn't do anything. And I was getting desperate, frantic calls from the carers because they were so, so scared. The fear was very real and they didn't know exactly. how it was going to affect them because none of us knew in the early stages of COVID yes. what it was going to be. There was so much fear-mongering on the media. And they said, we can't afford to get sick. What happened to us if we get sick and, you know, our, our, our recipients who mm. we're caring for, they're immunosuppressed and they're compromised yes. and, so they were living in this huge fear, and I thought, this is horrible. What, what can we do to change this? We actually did a weekly Facebook live, and we called that yes. the big hug. So we did that just to mm. take their mind off it, and we just did dad jokes, and we were doing our trivia, yeah. and we would get a guest speaker coming in each week. It was really challenging through COVID, but we'd sort of do that, get them in, like carers or people in the industry that have stories. That was great. That, but we did that for about an hour. We did that for about 48 weeks and we were getting wow. an audience of about 10,000 a week. So it was huge. Did you really? We did. Isn't it was huge. Incredible? And then we started the Who Cares campaign. So I thought, well, look, you know, we can't raise money. Let's just raise awareness. So I just sent out, because everybody was at home, all these, um, I sent out celebrities, all the, the T-shirts with Who Cares on it. So could you please join our Who Cares campaign to raise awareness? And the majority of them did. 
So we had a whole host of people join us. You know, I think we had Clarice Barber and Cameron Dado and so many people, you know, Maggie Beer and yeah. all the people I could think of. We were just sending them out and they, they actually joined in. So that was great. That's so that great. went on for about 18 months, which was really yes. fantastic. And that did help us raise a fair bit of awareness, actually. So that was great. Didn't raise any money, but <laughs> raised awareness. But that was good. You know, people still talk about the Who Cares campaign. <laughs> Yeah. So at the moment we're doing the Unsung Heroes, which is another campaign yes. we're doing, which will be an annual fundraiser, a signature event where we have 10 influential business people across Brisbane and, and Gold Coast where mm. they've committed to raising $20,000 each. And then right. on the 7th of October this year, they all come together and do their big sing-off. And then we have prizes for the one that's raised the most money, the one that's raised the best singer, the worst singer, people's choice, judges' choice. So it's just a fun way of getting people engaged again in the community. And then obviously when they come on the night, they'll find out about the foundation and learn more about what we do and hear from some of the carers. So that's just another little initiative. So great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that you just totally get that you've got to get out there in the community. And Mm. I love that you are so... You are so humble, but so in service of who you advocate for. And mm. you don't worry about all that. You go, look, you know what? This is just what I've got to do. This is the people. This is the community I lead. And this is the mm-hmm. job I've got to do. And you totally get that whatever it takes, you get the people connect with you. You are the epitome of love and kindness. And I love that you called that weekly catch up the with yeah, community the 10, people the big <laughs> hug if you ever get to meet Ronnie that's exactly what you get when you get to meet Ronnie and I love that because I think this is really what build being able to build out we think in business to business sales and the women with influence and all that sort of stuff but you really get what the heart of this is to make this work is that it's not just about this is our life's work. This is the work that we've yep. been put on the planet to do. And regardless of whether you're working for a charity or whether you've got your own business or whatever it is, is the space that we hold and that we have in Women with Influence or Fast as experts in our field is there's so much work, whether it's standing on stages, whether it's sharing your story, whether it's being vulnerable enough to write a book, but being vulnerable enough to share a story, to put yourself out there, to stand on a stage and say, well, you know what? I'm here, but it's not about me. It's not about me at all. I'm just here representing a group. I'm here representing a message and I'm here representing a mission on something that I am trying to change in the world. And I love that quote that says, you know, you've got to be the change that you want to see in the world. And, you know, Tom's story, you are just an incredible leader, Ronnie, being able to show how it's done and you do it with so much incredible humility and grace and kindness and love and it just is so much service but I so admire how much you balance that because that's just who you are it's not even an effort but you prepared to be the face of something and in so much service because this is what it takes to help these people they your community are so 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 lucky to have you Ronnie, for those who are perhaps listening to this and they're trying to work out how do they put themselves out there if they're wanting to be involved in and identifying where that community are for them who will help them to grow their cause and their mission, what are some of the things you might say to them? What words of encouragement or because there's a lot of women that we work with that are oh gosh, trying to write a newsletter and trying to do these things is hard and put myself Mm. out there. How have you been able to get your head around that and and to do that? 
I guess, yeah, it's always a challenge, but I really, you just have to keep focusing on your end goal and your passion. Yeah. That's what you have to keep bringing it back to. If you've got that passion right. that you want to get out there, just keep thinking of that because you will have days that are just so, so hard and so ridiculous. You yes. just think, it's, is this all worth it? I can't do this anymore. We've been through periods where we've had absolutely no funding and, and you're reliant on people to donate their time. This is why you see the significant change you make. So you just have to really remember your core purpose and why you do it really I just keep coming back to that and and when you're having those days where you think how we're going to get through the the next week as hard as it is you just have to keep remembering that and just and I guess another big lesson I've learned is never take no for an answer that people you know when they say it that's a big one they all love to say well you're never going to do that you never will obviously that's going to give fire to do it because you think well hell I'm going to find a way to do it now that you think I can't and I guess <laughs> I always expect and of course when I first started I didn't know how to do anything so I've had to learn how to write grants and had to apply for things so writing grants over and over and over and always getting knocked back and what on earth why can't these people get it so now it's like I just write grants and I think we'll always expect a no and then if you get right. <laughs> yes just right. have no expectations I guess is the last thing is have no oh. expectations when people promise to you the world and it happens when you have a charities particular people promise you the world they're going to do this they're going to but they never deliver so just have no expectations and now I just say oh that's really lovely if you can support us that would be wonderful but just don't have any expectations because you know half the time they don't deliver but I'll follow up but you know (laughs) if it happens it happens if it doesn't just don't be disappointed because then you can't be disappointed if you don't get what they promise if you have no expectations and it takes a long time to learn that and you have to get beaten over the head a few times and that's what you feel like (laughs) I think really how many times does it have to happen but at the end of the day I just keep focusing back when I have those days where I think what on earth am I doing just go back to your vision and your passion and why you're doing it and that core purpose and that just brings me back saying well I know why I have to do it because I have to save these women (laughs) all these carers have to save all these carers not just the women the kids and the men because we have a lot of male carers as well so yeah it's just knowing what you do how much of a difference it makes and that's what keeps my fire alive anyway Oh, that's such great advice, Ronnie, because (laughs) it can be hard because at first you're sort of thinking, oh, well, I leave my corporate job. I've had all these years of experience Mm. and then I'll leave and I'll start this thing and this will be great. But then you do hit a wall around your purpose. And if that purpose isn't really clear and strong and that it's compelling enough, then that's going to be a battle. And I think for you, you are just so on purpose every single day, rain, hail or you just do it and Ronnie my last question for you is for those women who are like yourself as I said there's when you're putting yourself out there there can be fear around self-protection and boundaries and those sorts of things and I want to help people but I've got to know my value and my worth and it can be a lonely game by yourself what sorts of things do you do to have your own sort of self-care because you are the carer for everybody else yeah, I know. <laughs> what do you do to look after yourself that say of others might be able to tap into yeah it's a hard lesson to learn because as I said before I'm a giver 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 and I don't yeah. tend to stop and look after myself and for years I would say I'm okay I'm okay people would say what are you doing I'm mm. okay but I've learned the hard way and, and I don't practice what I wasn't practice what I was preaching even my boys said mum when are you going to practice what you preach because they could see right. I wasn't caring for myself and mm-hmm. last year that happened I actually did hit the wall 
And I realised that, okay, okay, I need to get this balance. That's what she used my my word is balance. I have to get the balance so that I can actually learn to look after myself as well as do what I do. So I've learned the hard way because I did fall in a deep hole and it took me a while to get out. But I realised that, yes, okay, I need to now focus on myself first and exactly what we tell the carers, you have yes. to focus on your own well-being because you cannot help others if you can't, you know, yourself as, you know, not if you're not in a good space yourself. So now yeah. I really try just to do my monthly checkup and I go and see my therapist, my natural therapist, and she does a, yes. what she calls a Ronnie tune-up. So every Ronnie month tune-up. she can get back online <laughs> again and just mentally just try to keep that positive attitude. Connect with people is a big one and then do, you know, connect with people like yourself, Jane, that are so positive and are just so wonderful for our communities and with everybody. I think that's really important. I mean, it's hard at first to reach out, but I think once you've done that, you realise how important it is and to keep doing that. So, yeah, Yeah. just keep your tribe, find your tribe, find the people that keep you uplifted and keep supporting you. Yeah, and work with people like yourself. That's such great advice, Ronnie, because for women that are in our community or that running their own consulting practices, it's high purpose work, takes a Mm -hmm. lot of commitment. Not only that, but they have to create, they're having to initiate a lot of things. It's not just sit and do Google AdWords. It's a lot of really committed work to drive change and to spark a conversation and get people aware and get people talking and get people thinking and writing books and the vulnerability that comes with all that. So I think you're right, is just trying to work out, well, get the right people around you to help you to look after yourself. It's hard on your own. So whether it's doctors, natural yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, a mentor, your community, all those things. That's such great advice, Ronnie. So, Ronnie, if people want to follow you and learn more about the Carers Foundation and some of the great work that you're doing, where would they be yeah. best to go? Yes, they can find us on Instagram. So we're Carers Foundation on Instagram. We're on Facebook, the Carers Foundation on Facebook. Our website is thecarersfoundation.org. They can find out all, you know, more information about what we do, more specific information. And they can see what programs are happening, what events are happening. They can join in there and see, look at our unsung heroes if they wanted to join in and see who's actually singing. If they want to come along and support us that way, that would be amazing and support any of the heroes. So, yeah, and if you want to be a hero, let us know if you can sing. (laughs) You can be one of my heroes next year. Even better. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ronnie. We look forward to following your journey and keeping an eye on Unsung Heroes and where it all goes to from here. So thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Jane. Thanks so much. It's been great. (laughs) Thank you. 